Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Along my good friend and now fellow butler, Pierre Newsham, in Pickham last week, you, me, and Levi went four and one and lost. So I don't know, I don't know how you're gonna like digitally you know, take care of that, but we'll figure out a way. I, I, my immediate thought would be like, do I have to Instacart something over to Jack or something? <laughs> like, yeah. is that what, is that kind of the best I can do? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. might be the best I can do. Yeah. Either way that, that fulfills, that fulfills it, you know? And, and it, like, he has the right to also complain of like, if you, if he ordered something specific and you're like, you know, forgot the olives, Yeah, I, I, that, that comes with the territory of being a Butler. And I thought about that too. I said, after the picks were done, after Saturday was over, I said, okay, I went four and one, but I was reaching into the catacombs of my brain to picture the board of how it was last week. And I said, I I don't, I think four and one might've been the worst record. I hope I'm wrong when I find out on Thursday, but I think it was the worst record, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We were like, and it was one of those weeks where there were, Games to pick, but they all had pretty heavy favorites. And you and I went with Tennessee, and so did Levi. Went yes. with Tennessee to to take that chance, and Tennessee did not uh, show up for us. I want it on record. We can go back and check the tapes. I said I believe Missouri is going to win the game, yeah. but just to be sporting, I will go with Tennessee. Yeah. So. I did it. I did it. And I'm losing not only these picks, but with Smokey and Craig as well. So I was like, look, four and one's a good week for me, no matter what. Right. Right. So I, I need, I need four wins. I can't like one loss is not going to, you know, put me so far back. I can't catch up because really where I'm going to make hay in this thing is bowl games. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make, I'm yeah. going to make hay in the bowl games. We'll, you know, we're going to pick them all and like just break them up into like five game, you know, blocks. But that's the, that's where I make hay. The other problem for me is I went 4 and 1 and Jack still gained another game a game on yes. me and he slow creeping uh behind me and it's, it's two, uh, we, two games behind. We've got a race. We've yeah. got a race to the finish now. Yeah, like I said last week, like if it was the deadline you'd be making a trade right now. Correct. You'd be making Correct. a trade. Uh, Pierre, in our, this is a segment we're going to start talking, like the first part of the show, we're going to start just calling it small talk. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what we need to do just to, like Very you good. said, I, I noticed you're wearing your A's, your Oakland A's shirt today. That is correct. That yes. is very correct. I am. Yes. Um, uh, well, you you know Q, who used to work here and is now in, La- in Las Vegas. You know Q very well. Um, yes. I'm sure Q is kind of excited because, like, he's in the town where all of his teams are moving to. Um, right. And, uh, but it's, like, one of those things where you're excited and you're happy about it, but you're also, uh, like, heartbroken because it means now that in, what, two years, the city of Oakland, who is – consistently had a sports franchise for the last 60 years mm-hmm. will not have anything. Everything will the, either be in San Francisco or somewhere else. Correct. The lease at the Coliseum is up after the 2024 season and the stadium in Las Vegas, from what I read, will not be ready until 2028, which adds an interesting wrinkle to this whole story. Uh, downgrade in market size, John Fisher. If I, I know I could curse on this, you know, on this podcast because we're not, you know, regulated by the FCC, the things that I want to say, it's a failure in all avenues. John Fisher's an abject joke when it comes to the owners of Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred is a joke of a commissioner as well. The San Francisco Giants 
and their stadium could fall into the Bay Area Ocean for all I care. And I'll tell you why, because the Oakland A's should already be playing in San Jose right now if it wasn't for San Francisco blocking them in the South Bay territorial rights. Lest they forget the Oakland A's were supportive of the Giants when the Giants were about to move to Tampa. So how things have turned here suddenly in the Bay Area Everybody can get blanked right now. <laughs> I love it, Pierre. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I it's just it's sad. Like it's inevitable. Like when you do have the situations they do. I actually have a lot of respect for the voters of Oakland to to stand up to John Fisher and say, "Look, man, sure. Like if we are going to build you a stadium." of which the Coliseum and the Omni and all this stuff cost them a lot of money and made them no money back. And the city of Oakland has a lot of infrastructure problems and other issues that they need to deal with. And so if they're going to say, like, listen, if we're going to take money out of that pot to help you, you really need to, to do something yourself to help us make the city of Oakland better. And he right. was like, no. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm no, not going to do good. that. Um, I'm going to go to a place that is smaller, totally awash in money. And yes. what John Fisher is about to do, too, which is really going to enrage the Oakland A's fans, which they've wanted to do anyway, is within five years, John Fisher won't own that team because right. he will have increased its value exponentially because of where the real estate is. And Correct. he's not going to own it. And then people are going to go, well, if you just didn't want it, like, there are other billionaires that would have loved to have it. Like there, not only that, not only that, the team will probably be good. And that, and that's the other needle in the, that's going to stick in everybody's craw out in Oakland. But at the same time too, the one party that I failed to mention that deserves just as much criticism is uh, the elected officials of the city of Oakland who have yeah. constantly fumbled this whole project time and time again. Yeah. And now they have lost three, not one, three professional sports franchises out of their city that that to me you you don't have to be a sports fan to understand how catastrophically inept you have to be in order for for you to let that happen in a in a what used to be a top six media market it's now dropped 10 because everybody's moving out of there uh, it, it's an absolute blunder and catastrophe and the elected officials in oakland deserve just as much criticism as everybody else in major league baseball yeah no uh pierre i, I feel your pain all you have now in your hometown is the sharks that's yeah that's it and the great news about the sharks is is that um las vegas already has a hockey team that is correct <laughs> that's, that's and 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 a Stanley Cup winning one to boot, which yeah. uh, something the San Jose Sharks, even in their 30 plus years of existence, cannot say. <laughs> yeah, man. I didn't mean to like take a walk through your pain today, but <laughs> it's, it's uh, like it, John Fisher, he's lucky he's not sitting next to me right now. It, it would not be civil. It would not be civil. <laughs> By the way, Pierre, uh, a quick little amazing race note. While we're I here. did not watch last night, just okay. for the record. All right. Just for the record. I'm here. sorry if that spoils the note. No, I, I'm just going to say, strategy-wise, if we get to express pass, we're only going for it if we're the first team there. Correct. Agree completely. Yeah. I'll just I'll, I'll give you that little tease. In infuriating, that. infuriating to watch how many people fumble that like away. Like they use it, they use it at an inopportune time. Only, only don't even finish first. It's terrible. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. No, I've watched that, but like I've watched that before. They use it and they, they had to use it. Otherwise they would have, they would have been eliminated <laughs> I, without, without giving away anything. I, and I'm only going to, the, the father daughter team, the red, the redhead and yeah. the, the bald guy. Steven like, Italy. From, yeah. Yes. They're um, from Frisco. Do we know where, from, where are they from, from? Frisco. Frisco. Yeah. From okay. Frisco. I was about to say, I was just about to ask. I know they're from Texas. I couldn't remember if they said where. So yeah. I just want I, clarification on that. I knew they were from Texas before it put their name up when he spoke. Yeah. Like I yeah. was like, I told a man, I'm like, well, they're from Texas. And she goes, how do you know? I was like, and then it's like Stephen and Lee, Texas. Yeah. I was like, I mean, the, you don't have to. Did you listen to the man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you can. I know my own local dialect. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you I do. I know it. I know it well. I can You're even. A man I, of the people. I even, told, I even told her, I said, look, that is probably, he's either Dallas or like East, like 
northeast closer to Shreveport. Frisco. So boom. Wow. Yeah. That's I that Nessie, I wouldn't have narrowed it down to even that. That's impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. I I, I can I can tell them all. Garrett, you're you're a lifelong Texan. Yeah. Can you hear a Texas accent and kind of peg about where it's from? Uh, I don't know if I could go as deep as what you just did, but I could definitely tell it's from Texas. Now, let me say, all right, if it's somebody from like deep East Texas, you can definitely tell. Yeah, because they've got a little bit of Louisiana, they get, yeah, right? They got the little yeah, so yeah. they've got a little bit of Louisiana. Houston, like out of Beaumont area, yeah, maybe or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Houston has its own like little thing where it kind of combines with Texas right. and East Texas. Dallas is its own thing. Now, um, Austin doesn't really have one anymore. Yeah, their oh, yeah, their accent is Californian. Yeah. That's their accent. Yeah. yeah. They're hiding their their Texas accent because they want to sound cool. Uh yeah. and then San Antonio, uh, you can always tell because everybody um I mean, I don't want to say everybody, but like there's the huge Hispanic like influence there. So like you can yeah. always tell like certain words they say, you're like, well, I can tell in Texas where you've grown up, you've grown up down in South Texas or near the border because Correct. You know, you say you say words correctly. Yes. <laughs> as where like the other guys are like, I want a taco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> as opposed exactly to the, the way the way the language was written to say it. Um, but anyway, I digress. Pierre, the coaching carousel has begun to spin this week. We've been talking about it all week. Of course, here in Texas, the big story is seventy-six million dollars to do nothing, and. I would take one one hundredth of that to do nothing. Quite honest with you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it wouldn't. Yes. If you just were like, "Hey, don't do anything," I'd be like, "All right." There's plenty yeah, of stuff on there. Netflix I haven't seen yet. <laughs> I won't bother you. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I get myself a treadmill and just go. <laughs> but I, um, I wonder your thoughts on Jimbo Fisher. You were here when he was hired. Um, uh, was I? Yes, I, I was. You was were. I? You were yes. here when he was yes. hired. Yes. Um, so uh, right at the end was right, you know, right when he yeah. was. So yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, but um, he and it's so crazy. Jacob Wilson, who was the co-host yesterday and Monday, and I talked about this. Most programs, like the program you cover in Minnesota, if you told yeah. PJ Fleck the default setting on this program, no matter how bad of a season you can have, is eight and four. Like everything goes wrong, it's still going to be eight and four. In a a good league, like the Big Ten, he would be like, you mean my worst, like, quarterbacks get hurt, like, suspensions, like, things I have, disciplinary problems I have, all those things at once, I'm eight and four. He would be like, what genie told you this, and will you bring him to me? And But at Texas A&M, the default setting is eight and four, which means that anyone can be the coach at Texas A&M and go eight and four. They have everything set up, which is a great default setting. Most programs would kill for it. I can tell you, here in Waco, the default setting is not 8-4. and four. <laughs> It is not. They don't even know what theirs is. <laughs> that's, that's what they have to get to, is a reasonable yeah. default setting. And here they are firing a coach and trying to get somebody who the default setting is 10-2 and two and in the playoff. It is amazing how little they've achieved with so much. I would agree with everything you said. And the fact that Jimbo Fisher is now looking for another job suddenly had me wondering, somebody brought this up to me the other day and said, is Jimbo even really that good of a coach or did Jameis make him a lot of money? And, and, and I had to sit and think about that for a second. I said, well, you know, I mean, you still coach the players that you have regardless, but Didn't Jimbo, I mean, Jimbo and Kevin Sumlin have near or around the same winning percentage in in around the same amount of time. Yeah. So I I was expecting more. I thought this was a move that would absolutely elevate Texas A&M to another level. Like you said, not, not that they weren't already at a good level. If, if eight and four, eight and four is the floor, but to get to 10 wins, to get to 11 wins, I said, man, that's a great hire. That's a bold hire. That's a great hire. That's a swing for the fences hire. I really liked it at the time. I thought that was going to be good. And yet we're, we're left with Jimbo Fisher's memory at Texas A&M as, as kind of like a, meh. He's just, a, he's just another guy. Yeah. That's what he yeah, is which there. Is, which is crazy to think about when he was first hired because I I don't think many people would have predicted that it would have ended this way. Uh, I hate to toot my own horn, but yeah. I, but I did. 
Yeah, I did. Uh, Garrett will tell you. Yes. Even back then, I Big said Jimbo hater. Uh, and it's not even that a Jimbo hater. I realist. mean, I was very upset. A realist. realist is that I saw what was going on at FSU. What was his fault and was not his fault. It was a bad situation all the way around. So it probably would have happened to anybody there. So taking Jimbo's sure. fault out of that, like they had a really antiquated system. And Jimbo's situ- like the situation FSU's in now would not have happened without the, the absolute like dumpster fire of everything being bad at once. That was Jimbo, the Jimbo end. Like, yeah. that would not have happened. But he had gotten so mad at the administration in the, in the years after the, the title and then that college football playoff loss to or- Oregon mm-hmm. that he was, like they, like he was not changing things for spite. And so then when he got to A&M and started changing things and everything started looking better, like you'd see like the growth and the recruiting, because you could see it early on. Like this is a different program than was under someone. Okay, yeah, they're going to be eight and four a couple times because you've got to get dudes in there. And then he starts getting dudes in and you're like, well, how are they still eight and four? And how is this guy who's supposed to be a quarterback guru? Like, why are they whiffing? And... You know, maybe it's because he didn't change a thing about anything he did ever. And so that's where it was. So I kind of saw that happening, but it is – and look, uh, final thoughts on Jimbo, and then we'll kind of move to some of the other ones because Chip Kelly might be getting fired in two days too. If possible, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's other ones that have happened, but with Jimbo, it is everything that is wrong with college football wrapped up into one, right? Like – all the money that's going through and all that, and then just goes to show you that you can you can buy stability, but you can't buy championships. No. Yeah. No, you can't. And, it, like, the first indication to me was, like, not indication, I should say, but it, it's just it, sometimes you just forget how much stupid money there is in this sport. And I'm, and I'm th- $76 million to, like you said, to sit on the couch and do nothing. It, it's absolutely incredible to me how you can just light money on fire like that and, and just forget about it entirely because it doesn't matter because you have so much money coming in the other, the other direction. It, it's um, the one, the funny enough, I can't remember if this was last year. I think this was last year. I was on the field at target field or twins game. And suddenly a young man and this older gentleman walk onto the field. The older gentleman's walking, wearing a twins hat. And I look at him. I said, that's Jimbo Fisher. And it's like Jimbo Fisher was, I, if memory is serving, cor- serving me correctly, he was at, he was at a twins game. And I thought, why is Jimbo Fisher here? That's kind of weird. But, um, you know, now I'm thinking, well, if PJ bolts for Michigan state, I mean, then maybe, maybe he might like it up here in Minnesota. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it would be an opportunity for him. I don't know. Yeah. He would actually do like, again, he's a good, like, he's a good coach. He's just not, he's just not a great coach anymore. Fair. He did some Fair. great things. He really recruited. Like, the, if you look at the roster of that 2013 FSU team, like, there's yeah. maybe five other national championship teams that can compete with it or beat it. You know, oh, 95 Nebraska, 01 Miami, 05 Texas. You know, w- you know some of those USC teams, and they're like that. Like, its roster in and of itself is better than the 93 and 99 rosters that also won at, at yeah. FSU. Like player for player, he built a juggernaut, um, but couldn't sustain it. And then, you know, a lot of things happen. All right, elsewhere, Chip Kelly's probably about to get fired at UCLA. What is weird about UCLA, and people may not realize this, UCLA spends, and they're, start, they're about to get more money, but their athletic department's a mess. They've had, like, all these bad finances. We found that out in, the, like, the, the Big Ten move and the hearings from the university system about how much money they were losing compared to how much money they would make, and then... You know, then they're like, well, can you give a little bit of money to Cal? And they're like, yeah, we don't get whatever. Can you just stop this meeting and we can go (laughs) like we're going to have a lot like all those things. And what's weird about UCLA is you being a Californian know this and you've been there, I'm sure, uh, or at least around it. UCLA is literally in Bel Air. Like when you're watching the fresh Prince of Bel Air, like drive up in the opening credits, he is driving past UCLA. It is in campus. Yeah, it is in beautiful campus. It is in the best neighborhood you can possibly imagine. 
for a college to be in. Yes. <laughs> it yes. is it is ridiculous. But they don't USC, have... USC, meanwhile, not so much. Yeah. Not in a great neighborhood, ironically enough. <laughs> yeah. So, but they don't, they've not been good about allocating their athletic funds and turning those into wins in any sport other than really basketball. You know, yeah. or Olympic sports have been big, but that doesn't make you money. That's that's, football and men's basketball is it. We yeah, all know so, what it is. But for yeah. football, you would think that they would have, again, a huge distinct recruiting advantage just on like, oh, uh, why don't you just pop on by the campus? We'll go to this. But they also play their football games, Bel Air to Pasadena, not a short trip, right? So, right. you know, so that like they've got that like problem as well, but they have a gigantic stadium that's really hard. Like it's hard to fill for a regular season game. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. And, and like, it's not like I'm not even crapping on the UCLA fans as much as they probably deserve it for going out. Like, it's just this gigantic stadium that is really just built to be this one time event, like bowl game place and not maybe a week to week home stadium. Even if, even if the Rams, you know, the Rams in their Super Bowl year, even they wouldn't fill up the Rose Bowl in a regular season game. Like, I mean, they still would, the Rams don't even fill anyway right now anyway, because, you know, they're still trying to gain that fan base back. But you, the Rose Bowl seats 100,000 people. You're not going to get 100,000 people in a regular season game, nor are you going to get it in a Saturday college football game unless it's maybe U, USC and UCLA. Yeah, well, then you've also, like, you've got the whole city, right? You've yeah, got the correct. two fan bases coming together. And, and that's it. Yeah, and that's it. So there are different things, but Chip Kelly has fallen out of favor with the power brokers, apparently. And, look, they hit the wall. Uh, they looked good at the beginning of the year, but really hit the wall. And he is currently 33 and 33 in six years as the coach there. And they're about to move. Like, again, part of this is they're about to move into the Big Ten. And I, I think the coaching carousel is going to hit the Big Ten harder than anybody. a move with Jimbo Fisher was all, like, it was 50% about Jimbo and him not making them any better. And the other 50% is about, it's not even about Oklahoma too. It's about Texas coming in. They don't even, it's like they're not even noticing that Oklahoma, a team that used to beat them badly on the regular, is coming back into their league. They haven't even noticed. They only know that Texas is coming back. Like sometimes I think they might need a reminder, like they're going to get a schedule, like, oh, we're playing Oklahoma? Why? They're in the league. Yeah. Are they? <laughs> Forgot. <laughs> it's just about Texas. So with UCLA, and I think you've already seen this with Iowa and Brian Ferentz, in that there are going to be moves made in the Big Ten to contend with what that new league is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, as somebody who covers a school that is in the Big Ten, first and foremost, Chip Kelly's already been there six years. Yeah. I, 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 I swore it's only been three. Like, I, that's how much I'm just like, it, it's been six years already for Chip Kelly at UCLA. And like you said, and that's that's the other interesting part of the conversation. You said it earlier in the season, UCLA was going like this. They were on an upward trajectory. And I'm thinking, oh, you know what? Good for Chip getting back there. You know, like, I like that. And now here we are toward the end of the season talking about how he might be out of a job again. And where's all the magic gone with Chip Kelly? Out the door. So, um you know, like I said, like I was saying, as somebody who covers a school that plays in the Big Ten, and as somebody who is wondering about their own head coach in in my backyard over here, to think if he is he staying, is he going, is he going to get fired, is he going to choose to leave for another job, is he going to stay? I have no idea because it can go in several different directions. And like you said, um, when you think about the Michigan, is one obviously Michigan State has a vacancy. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what Maryland might do after, you know, a, a sudden crash back down to earth again yeah. for them. So you're right. I think there's going to be a lot of question marks in the big 10. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot and it's, it almost doesn't really have anything to do with what you're doing now. It's, yeah. it's oh, like, yeah. what are you doing now? And is what you're doing now going to work when this schedule is not going to be, because that's the other thing is that, Part of the thing that I think is going to hit Kirk Ferentz in the face that he hasn't realized yet is that Iowa is in this, like, they're in the Big Ten West. So you can right. you can go 9-3 and three and 10-2 and two every year because nobody else is, you know, really pushing the envelope. Correct. Well, now the Big Ten West is over. 
that's done. There is no Big Ten West. It's just the Big Ten with 18 teams, and your schedule is going to rotate every other year, right? So, or every whatever it is. Like they've got the new scheduling model, so you can't go on a like a five year run of winning nine games and go, well, I'm winning nine games. What are you going to do? Because you might win nine one year if this if the you know the wheel of of destiny falls to you, but you might also win four because now your style does not calculate to playing the teams that you're going to play. And that, that Paul brings me to the question of how attractive are these jobs really now? Because I can tell you next year and, and just strictly speaking from the university of Minnesota standpoint, there's a stretch in their season where they play in a row, Iowa, Michigan, USC, UCLA, four straight weeks in a row. And that doesn't count North Carolina to open the season and Penn state to end the season. So it, it's like, if, if PJ is out the door and, you know, if Kirk Ferentz, for whatever reason, Kirk Ferentz is not in any jeopardy where this is just a hypothetical. If they're out the door and then those four teams in the big from the Pac-12 are coming in and you're a Big Ten West school. We, we've been saying this since the beginning of the news of, you know, the, the Pac-12 teams coming in. This mountain, which was already this high, is, is now all the way up. Just to heaven for crying out loud for some of these teams in the Big Ten West. So how attractive really are these jobs? And how are you really going to be expected to compete with the UCLA's of the world that have a beautiful campus out in Bel Air? Hey, you want to go play football for UCLA? Or do you want to come play November games at the University of Minnesota? Which what, which one do you want to do? Yeah, no, I, I I think it's completely valid. Like I think it's totally valid um, for you know, like, what do you, what do you want? Like, and then here's the other thing. I do think that sometimes like those recruiting things, it's about like, you'll put up with the weather if you really like the coaches, right? Sure. I'll, yes, like, you will. You will. Like, I'll put up with this or that. Like most college towns are the same, you know, when you, when yeah, it breaks down I to it. Fair. I think yeah. like most college, like, you know, if you, you've dropped me into Manhattan, Kansas into college station into Athens, you know, and to, and to Fayetteville, Gainesville, like, Fayetteville, like, I'm not really going to be able to go like, well, this town sucks compared to that one. Like, right. Fair. Yeah. I think that's a good point. They're all about the same. Like it just, your it's a personal taste, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, of what it is now. Um, which is why like being in a big city has never really been a big deal for, to, to me, because most of the college towns are in small towns. Like Miami had a nice run. USC's had a nice run, but nobody from Chicago or New York city, you know, Charlotte, you know, like none of them Boston. have no. Houston, Boston, like, you know, so it's not really sit like Stanford's been the best football team in the Bay area, but right. their glory days are far behind them. Uh, Correct. so, you know, like I, but there is like, you're going to have to play styles of football that work for you, you know, that are going to withstand the elements that's, then that's where like schools like Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin are going to run into it because you can like Wisconsin, you can go and r try and run the spread, and yeah. like in September and the first two weeks in October, you're probably not going to have to worry about it. But and then, I, I yeah. But then, like, you know, again, the weather's coming for you, so you're going to have to have hybrid situations. PJ Flex system at Minnesota. Um, is smart in that he could wake like it's not even that like, you'd be planning all week to like hey we're gonna do this this and this and this and this and then you get to Friday morning like the weatherman comes on and goes oh hey guys you're never gonna believe this out here we got a big old snowstorm coming for us and then he's yeah. like well <laughs> yeah his, his response to that I guarantee you'd be it's Football season in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, it's November. But, it's but, Minnesota in November. But you and the coaching staff can't go like, hey, you remember we were going to open it up and throw the ball around the yard because their pass defense is terrible? Well, now yeah. their pass defense is going to be fine because they don't have to run very fast. <laughs> I, one more one more thing I want to point out in this whole situation, too, and this is something that PJ talks about. I feel like he talks about it on a, on a weekly basis at this point, and he mentioned it earlier in the season. The whole NIL restructuring of everything that's going on with NIL makes it that much tougher because – now he feels PJ kind of feels like he's in a position right now where he's going to turn into an Oakland A's franchise and be a feeder system yeah. to this school and that school and that bigger school. And because there's no resources financially in a place like this that can compete with some of the other institutions and the big name schools around the country. So 
if they have a like a star freshman running back like they have in Darius Taylor right now, if some other school comes in and offers a better NIL deal that Darius says, well, I'm just going to enter the transfer portal. So it was a fun year in Minnesota. See you later. And that's that's the other issue that some of these smaller that you know, we talk about it in smaller market, but it's you know it's not small market, but it's like these kind of lower end teams in the big power five. That that's the deal that they have to contend with, and it's difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely like. I love that there's nil, but there is there are consequences to it. Yes, and eventually, like there's there's no salary cap. There's no salary floor. Like all these things. There's no. There's no structure to it. And it's also, even though it's legal, it's also for some reason very secret. Yeah. You know, like it's like medical information for some reason. Like I can't find out how much the NIL deal was if I was just like if asking, like, oh, does this kid have diabetes? Like I you uh, like yeah. it's the same kind <laughs> of right. secret. Like I don't I don't understand why those two things have to be in the in the shadow of night. Like I get the medical thing, that's my business and not yours, but if you're a public state university and you've got a fund that is going to like spending all this money, I think it would be better if everybody knew. Yeah. So yeah, no doubt about it. And yeah. one thing you lose with all that too, especially in a program like this, I've talked to a lot of players on this university of Minnesota team and, and all of them to a T have said, I love playing for PJ. It's a great, I feel like I'm becoming a better man yeah. and you and, and becoming a better person becoming a better it's the whole call co- it's the college experience if you will yeah so and i know when you're chasing dollar signs and you're chasing wins that kind of gets left to the wayside and that's that's truly a shame it really is a shame yeah it is all right when we come back we'll run through some of the bigger situations in week 12 things that can kind of affect this is not a big shake-up weekend necessarily um you know washington is the one who's at the biggest risk of finding themselves on the outside looking into the, of the CFP this week. Uh, but we'll talk about some of that. And week 12 is just the SEC just has no regard for their fans when it comes to week 12. It's just, <laughs> we know you're going to watch. You will watch what we tell you to watch. <laughs> That's how we work. Yeah. It is right. the, hey, what are we having for dinner tonight, mom? We're having bologna sandwiches. I mean, like we always have those. You will eat what I provide for you. Correct. Okay. You, like or you, you go bologna sandwiches to SEC people. Or you Thanks. go or you go to or you go to bed hungry. I'm just saying, no. The bologna sandwiches are the opponents. Georgia okay. State okay. is the I'm home from school. I'm hoping for like spaghetti night at the house, but mom's tired and she's making bologna sandwiches. And the only perk I get is we have two different kinds of cheese. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's that kind. That's that week again in the SEC. That's what it is. It's bologna sandwich week. Like n- most weeks in the SEC are gourmet dinners. Yes, correct. You know, but this week, particularly in the SEC and the ACC, a little bit is just here's your dinner. Shut up yeah. about it. Yeah. Next, next week will be better, but you're running late. You got to go through the drive-through. You're going to McDonald's, but guess what? The ice cream machine is broken again. It's oh, that kind of hey, it's that kind of way. Yeah. My nephew is working at a McDonald's right now, and I is believe right? they I believe they got to him because the first thing I asked him was, "What's the deal with the ice cream machines?" He's like, "Ours works." So I was like, "He's part of the machine." Yeah. <laughs> they got him. Yeah. <laughs> They got him. We lost him. We lost him forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it had like when I was 21, I worked at Target for a yeah. summer, right? And okay. now I will not walk into a Walmart without being snooty about it. And the only reason I can fathom is that for a week and a half, they showed me training videos, which were essentially anti Walmart propaganda. Interesting. Yes. And I, like it's still in me. And there are things that they do that's like Target's much cleaner than most Walmarts. The customer yeah, service yeah. is essentially more efficient. The things Correct. cost more, and that's the reason they'll tell you it does. But yes. <laughs> but yeah, I've, but I still I've have it in my head. I've considered quitting my own broadcasting career to go work at Bucky's. Hundred percent oh. have considered it. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so, what a fine a fine institution. You you guys might get one up there. It's growing. You never know. I can't, don't, don't, in, you, don't you tease in, me with a good time. They're in Florida and Tennessee and Oklahoma and stuff now. It's growing. I love Bucky's. Yeah, God, in fact, in fact, I do believe that Bucky's CEO will be footing a large part of the Jimbo bill. 
Is that is that right? Yes, I do believe he's one of those guys. Now, I might wow. be just talking at a school there. He's a huge Aggie and a big donor, but I would assume that he might be one of those guys who's like, yeah, you can have you can have four million. Here you go. Every every I, there have been times where I've like just walked out and about, not just in Minnesota, but in other parts of the country. And every once in a blue moon, I see a Bucky's T-shirt, and I kind of I try to catch eyes with it. And I'm like, there you I go. see you. Yeah, I see you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, when we come back. A quick jaunt through week 12. And then in the third segment, our picks rapidly becoming my least favorite segment. (laughs) (laughs) This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside Pierre Nugent, Fox 9, Minneapolis. Pierre, what's your high today? Temperature. Actually, it's, we have had an odd little heat I think we're going to touch 65 today, believe it oh, or not. Oh, congratulations. Is, I, I, I'm actually going to go outside today. That's going to happen this afternoon. And that's, and I'm willingly going outside, I should, I should point out. Oh, good. So, yeah. It's going to be. But then I think it dips to like 48 tomorrow. But 65 Ooh. today in mid-November, I'll take it. Yeah. Pierre is an expert now at the shortest distance you have to go to be outside from point A to point B, probably anywhere in Minneapolis. Correct. Yes, absolutely. I I love telling people everywhere. Like there's so many people that are here that are out and about right now and they love this weather. I said, just a reminder, anything under 70 degrees sucks, but (laughs) this is good for this time. Yeah. But anything under 70 degrees sucks in my opinion. You can tell people like, listen, go out this door. There's not that much street, and you can be in that building in about 50 steps. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got that locked down. Yeah. Locked down. Yeah, you, you know that. Good deal. Um, okay, so this week is just such a dud of a week. You know, Bama's playing Chattanooga. You know, um, there are some interesting ones. Like Louisville-Miami is an interesting game in that Miami is probably going to lose that game based on how the end of their season has gone. But it's at Miami – and Louisville has played fast and loose. And if they lose, then they need Clemson to win. And Clemson's going to be at home. We're going to pick that game in a minute. Um, so we're not going to necessarily talk about it. But if Clemson wins and Miami wins, then North Carolina, I believe, goes to the ACC title game. I think. Because North Carolina, Florida State, and Louisville will not have played each other. Florida State is done with their conference yeah. season undefeated. They have North Alabama. They're also in part of this, like – I say bologna sandwich week, like it's bologna. I mean, like it is, that might even be bologna. That's like liver worst. We, we but, can't, we can't have this moving forward. Can we at this no. stage of the season? Like, I mean, we, we have to, I, I, I always remember like the, as somebody who grew up in California, like I would pay attention to the schedule, but then all of a sudden, like in November, all of a sudden uh, Alabama's playing Jacksonville state out of nowhere. Is it what? It's, yeah. it's November. What, what, what's going on here? We can't have this moving forward. This is ridiculous. Yeah, no, we, we, there's, there needs to be something done uh, yeah. a, about it. But um, Utah and Arizona, very interesting game in the Pac-12. Very interesting one. We're going to pick it uh, later, so I'm gonna save that one. But, you know, like Tennessee plays Georgia. That'd be great, except for the fact that last week, you know, some of us picked Tennessee to play what should have been a good game against Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, was not at all. Not even close to a good game. Mizzou destroyed them. Yes. Destroyed them. Shameful. 
wouldn't it just be like Tennessee in this whole college football world just for Tennessee to pull off some kind of upset here and throw everything into absolute chaos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then and then you've got Alabama sitting pretty. And if they could find a way to beat Georgia, Georgia would have two losses in their last, you know, three games and yeah. out of the college football playoff. And then Alabama, with their most wonky, uneven, like stumble through season ever, is like, oh, yeah. we're back here because we belong. Right. And it's just mm. it is it's ridiculous. Um Washington, Oregon State, a game we'll pick. That's another good one. Texas, Iowa yeah. State, we'll pick that one. That's a good one. But there are there are games like that are going to affect uh, certain things, you know. Um, Coach wise, I'm going to throw one out there: Oklahoma and BYU. Not for Brent Venables, but for Kalani Sataki. I think he needs to have a good showing the last couple weeks to keep the Wolves at bay. And I, they really like him. I love Coach Sataki. He's on our show all the time. He's like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Um, he is, he's a really good football coach. I think they need to let him find his sea legs in the league. I think BYU did, though, by a little bit of the, they should be more prepared for this jump than everyone else. And they've been really, really bad at times. Not just, not just uh, unprepared for the league, but, but bad. And I, I worry about Kalani Sataki. And I want him to make it through so bad, but... Even BYU changes coaches. They, they're usually good about keeping people for a long time, but even yeah. BYU will change coaches. They're not going to fire him after one year, though. They're going to give him at least yeah. two years. In the Big I would 12. hope so. Yeah, they're not going to get rid of him just after one bad year. But the problem, though, Garrett, is everybody's reactionary. Yeah, right? but I, so think, if, I think all the new schools technically would get a pass. I think Houston would but be what the about, one. What about Dana? Like, so that's, that's the, the thing. That's but the if one. Dana, especially Houston, if Dana loses – and he's probably going to lose this week to Oklahoma State because I think they're going to be pissed about getting their ass handed to them by UCF. And so everybody's already assuming he's going to lose. And then next week... They get UCF next they week. They get UCF a next week. A win to get a bowl game. Yeah, so the winner would get a bowl game in that one, right? Does Houston have five wins already? No, Houston's got to win the next two to get there. Yeah. And so if UCF wins there in a bowl game, if Houston loses, they would theoretically be 4-8. and eight. And very famously, when they fired Major Applewhite, they said, we fire coaches 8-4 and four at Houston. So oh. Oh. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if they realize this, and I'm sure they do. 4-8 and eight is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, not everybody's good with numbers, but, I mean, this, this one shouldn't be all that difficult, Paul. Yeah, so there are things that could shake up the coaching carousel even more. And what I worry about, because I do see things are reactionary, Mississippi State was going to fire Zach Arnett anyway. Like, that was going to happen. But they probably had to do it a week before they wanted to because – the coach who just beat them by 41 points with a third-string quarterback got fired the day before. So, like, well, now we kind of have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, you know, Boise State fired Andy Avalos. Yes. There's another thing about that. Boise State and BYU have similar recruiting areas, although BYU is much larger than – they're like Notre Dame. They can go a lot of places and get people. But the recruiting areas are going to be similar – so if Boise State makes it, like, there's some things that I just hope that BYU is not reactionary to, that they go, okay, look, Kalani Sataki is the dude to lead this. Let's let him figure out the Big 12 and get those guys in there. Because what I've always thought about, BYU in particular, is that there are guys, probably a lot of Mormon athletes that they could get that would love to go and play at BYU, but, you know, somebody like, Alabama calls them and they're like, well, I kind of got to go there, right? Because I can win the title there. You know? Yeah. I think the deciding factor, I think, the, I think Kalani is safe this year. Yeah. But next year, when Utah comes in and curb stomps them, he's that's, gone. That's the other thing, right? So Utah is now a conference game. It's not just a rivalry game between two schools who really, Pierre, I didn't know, like, I knew that they didn't like each other. I knew they didn't like each other, but I thought it was on the level of like, 
Most schools who don't like each other are like, yeah, we don't like you, but like you're the neighbor, you know, like we'll tease you at the store, you know, but do oot. Yes. <laughs> it <Yes>. is. <laughs> the Holy uh, War is a good name, a good name for it because they approach it with that vigor. In my first TV job in teeny tiny Grand Junction, Colorado, before I came to Waco, I worked alongside a man by the name of Spencer Linton, who works for BYU TV now. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Give him a follow. Um, I was not privy to this rivalry and how intense it is. Let me tell you something. I left Colorado after working alongside Spencer for a couple of years. I left Colorado ready to stick a sword in any kind of Utah sweater I ever <laughs> saw. It, it's, it's that it is. Just don't let them fool you now. Don't let the Mormons fool you now. Just because they're nice, you know, it, to you in person. When that football game starts, it is on. Yeah. It is on. They, they turn they turn it off. They're just oh, like, yeah. boop, no, like, this is where we get to hit pause on this. Right here. Yes. It's over. Yes. It's off. And then, like, the game's over, and they're like, boop, boop. Hey, how you doing? Yes. Yeah, good to see you. Let's that's go get dinner. Like, <laughs> 100% that's what it is. So, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of like A&M's Texas thing, right? Where, look, do we, like – if you're AM and you're deciding to fire Jimbo, do we really want to feel this as a conference loss right out of the gate? Yeah. And do we, cause, because if Jimbo was still there, that was going to happen. And that game is in College Station next year. And there's no way, like, they, they're not going to go 1 and 11. But if they're 8 and 4 next year, if that's their, their floor, if any of the, if those four are Alabama, I don't even know what their schedule is. They might not even play them. But, if those four are anybody else, Arkansas, Oklahoma, LSU, whoever, one of those losses better not be to the University of Texas next year. Yes. And if Texas only has one loss, it better come in College Station, Texas next year because that's what they think. And so I think that there are coaches, Kalani Sataki is going to feel that a little bit because – they're always going to play, but they kind of rotate off of that rivalry sometimes. So sometimes they'll play, sometimes they won't. Now it's going to be an every-year rivalry in the conference that counts even more. It, it's, you know, yeah. It's, it's not extra juice. Good. Yeah, Love extra, the juice. extra juice. Let's do it. All right. We've got to completely flip the studio. It's time for Pick'em. This is Triple Option on 365 Sports. Baylor alumni are more than 160,000 strong. When we all join hands to support our university, we don't just move the needle, we move mountains. Working together, we create life-changing opportunities for students on the field, in the classroom, in the laboratory, and in life for generations to come. So get connected, get involved. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. It's another time to speak with Samantha Duvall from TexasBeefHouse.com. Handles the marketing and someone that you will talk to a lot when you do call for the great product of the Texas-raised Wagyu beef. It's college football season, tailgating. It's a big deal. People love to put beef and pork and chicken, etc., on the grill. Let me know what you have. We've got everything. If you've got a morning game, you can get our breakfast sausage or our bacon. You can tailgate with some breakfast tacos. If you've got an afternoon or evening. 
evening game. We, of course, got our hamburger patties, their half-pound patty, four patties to a package. And we even have jalapeno and cheese patties. They're amazing. They'll blow your mind. Just that extra flavor, not too spicy. They have a high-heat cheese, so they don't melt on the grill, and our patties don't shrink up on the grill either. Anytime you order, use our code SICKEM10 to get 10% off your order of $100 or more. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate. That's Samantha Duvall, TexasBeefHouse.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Belmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Here we are. Pierre, did you see what was going on there? I, I didn't I didn't get a great view of it, but I was assuming it was a microphone issue again. But it I'm was, not sure. uh, the batteries went out. Like I, I picked up the pack and the light went from green to red. Oh, that's <laughs> been there. I've been there, my friend. <laughs> green to red, right like that. Right I was like, like I thought for a second, honestly, that like this, like for, I was good news on this one would be one of them is green and one of them is red. That's how we can tell apart <laughs> which one is which. And I was like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> that's <laughs> dumb. That's dumb. All right, let's get to the pick. Hold on. Let me, do I need to get this closer to me, Garrett? Sounds a little Probably low. a little bit, yeah. Okay, here we'll put him. Put this guy right there. All right. There you go. There we go. Okay. Utah and Arizona. Garrett, you were going to pick this one first. Oh, God. Um I picked Arizona when Jack and I did this. I'm going to ride with Wildcats. All right, there we go. Future Big 12 rivalry here. So there. All right, Jack, who you got? I picked Utah with Gary Glenn. Okay. He's going to ride with Utah. Pierre, Noah Fafita and the fantastic Arizona offense or Kyle Whittingham and that defense? Well, I thought Jack was going to pick Arizona, which was going to make me feel good about picking Arizona. But now he has another chance to gain some ground on me because I'm going to stick with Arizona and take the Cats. All right. He is taking Let's go. Arizona. There we go. You know, this is a tough one. Um, it is at home. Arizona's played really well. You know what? Up yours, Jack. I'm going for Arizona as well. <laughs> I can catch you before I can catch Pierre's. I'm coming, Pierre. <laughs> I'm worried. Now I'm worried. All right. Back against the grain here. Washington and Oregon State. This one is, I mean, this is danger territory for Washington here. Oregon State's got a really good defense. They have a, they have a productive enough offense. Jonathan Smith is a really good coach. Kalen DeBoer has... Um, not successfully extricated himself from the Texas A&M rumors yet uh, because he's obviously trying to get what he wants out of Washington, which I don't blame him for. But uh, so that's maybe cast a little situation on this one, but I'm still going to roll with Michael Penix and those wide receivers. So I'm going Huskies. I think a lot of the talk has been about Washington hasn't maybe wowed the, the CFP committee and stuff like that. Which is funny to me because if Alabama had beaten Texas and you look at what Alabama has done this year, would we be saying the same thing about them? I don't think so. But I think Washington is in need of a statement win here. So I'm going with Washington. All right. Jack, who you got? Huskies. Jack's also going Huskies. Garrett. Yeah, I'm going to ride with Washington as well on this one. Okay. Levi going against the grain of the picks, and he is taking the Beavers of Oregon State. Uh, coming back in the snake draft. Clemson and North Carolina, this one at Clemson. Clemson looked like a completely different team for stretches of the game. Uh, last week after um, Dabo made his, like, you know, rant against the 14-year-old 
Tyler from Spartanburg. Uh, UNC is a little bit all over the place, although they, they do have Drake May in that big offense. Garrett, who you got? Uh, I'll take the Tigers from the fake Death Valley. <laughs> all right, he's going the Tigers from the fake Death Valley. Jack. Clemson at home. It's a very tough place to play. Uh, and North Carolina uh, kind of falters in sp spots like that. They've got to win this game to have a chance at playing the ACC title game. Pierre, who you have? I'm taking Clemson too. Yep. You know, like, again, I just need to rack up wins. I didn't get that. Did you <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Siri, I... I'm going to go with Clemson. I don't believe in North Carolina to roll in there and win that one. And um, Dabo's in his, like, oh, you think I've lost it phase right now here at the end of the season. Very spiteful man, that Dabo Sweeney. Oh, I guess this one's me. Great. Stupid decision, Paul. <laughs> I, <laughs> when I set these games up, Texas at Iowa State, the horns uh, in the you know in the catbird seat when it comes to the Big 12 right now they're the only team that doesn't have a tiebreaker as it stands today now after Saturday if they lose that's going to be a problem they've lost Jonathan Brooks I think that's going to throw their offense off kilter a little bit but I do not think Iowa State can move the ball enough on that defense because they're going to have to run the ball they can't um, Rocco Becht has been good Jalen Noll is really good, but I don't think he can get the ball enough to help them win the game. And what will be a close, tight, really fought game in Ames, I, I'd be totally willing to be wrong on this one, Iowa State fans, but I got to pick the T-Sips from Austin. If, if it will, it's like it doesn't read my DNA when I'm picking Texas. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, Pierre, who you got? I think Iowa State covers in this game, but I think Texas wins the game. I'm going with Texas. All right. There we go. Jack? Yep. Jack begrudgingly picks the Longhorns. Garrett? Give me the upset. Ooh, look at oh, Garrett. Okay. Going for the upset. As look at my record, Levi. though. So just take that <laughs> with what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Coming back. SMU at Memphis. Garrett, who you got? Oh. Levi's taking the Tigers. D-Town. Give me Dallas. Give me, give me SMU. All right. Jack. Jack's playing the ponies. Pierre. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've watched a single second <laughs> of either of these teams this year. I'm taking SMU. All right. Good, good offense, good defense on their way to the ACC. I will also take SMU. Rhett Lashley's doing good work there. In fact, he's going to be an interesting scenario. His team is going to the ACC. There's so much money, so much money at SMU that they don't even care about not getting television revenue distribution. They're pouring money into NIL. You know they have it because they did it before. They're trying to build back their program to what it was before the death penalty. Yeah. But there are going to be people, other programs, that are like, well, we want Rhett Lashley. Arkansas could be one of them to me, especially if Jeff Trailer goes to Texas A&M. If Arkansas lets go of Sam Pittman, Rhett Lashley would be my number one call for them. But, because he's an Arkansas guy. But if I'm Rhett Lashley, and I'm about to go to the, S to the ACC, where after a couple years, I may not even have to beat Florida State and Clemson to do anything good. Like, they might get out of the league, and I could be in the spot where the most money is coming in there. I don't know, SMU... They're your new test case for can you throw enough money at a guy to make him ignore everywhere else? Because he might wind up making like $9 million a year for a team that nobody cared about for a long time. Like that's how much money they have. And Well, you've been to Highland Park in Dallas. <laughs> it is, I've, st I've stomped around. Yes. Yeah. They don't, they don't drink Folgers there. No, they do not. <laughs> no, they they have <laughs> beans from a different country. Like every day of the week, like oh, it's Monday. These are coming from yeah. Northern Africa. <laughs> on, yeah. On Tuesday, those are our South America beans. 
<laughs> that that kind of hood. Yeah. That kind of hood. On on Fridays, it's beans from a country no one's ever heard of and you can't even say. <laughs> Deepest part of that. That's how wealthy they are. Well, Pierre, have a good weekend. Uh, Minnesota this week. How how much fun will that game be? Well, let's see. For those who don't know, Minnesota is at Ohio State, and uh, PJ Fleck was not in a good mood this week. So I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be. Let's just go with not good. How about that? Not good. <laughs> hey, coach, and he's like, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it was. Yeah, yeah. We gotta yeah. do this. We gotta do your little show, right? Let's let let's you, do this. Yeah, that was a pretty that was a pretty spot on reenactment of uh, of he and I's conversation this week. Yeah, so. next week he'll probably be fine, right? Like it'll just be probably. Yeah, probably when you're like, not hey, pl- you're not playing Ohio State. Ex- no, everybody was expecting us to get stomped by Ohio State. We got stomped by Ohio State. What do you want me to tell you? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good now because I don't have to do that again until right. <laughs> Like, yeah, no. It's now, like, if they lose, now, if they lose to Wisconsin the week after that and then aren't bowl eligible in the process, well, now, yeah, now right. we're going to have well, – now you, it's going to be a problem. Then you don't have any more coaches shows to do, so you can worry about it next year. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> there we go. Look, we have two more pregame shows and postgame shows to do here, and I can't yeah. tell you how excited I am for that last postgame show to be over. Oh, yeah. I cannot – like when I'm like, all right, we'll see you next year on the postgame show, like we'll be the happiest I've been since my wedding this summer. So <laughs> – and I was in Hawaii. <laughs> that was a big Very deal. happy place. Yes, very happy place. Uh-huh. All right, Pierre, have a good weekend, buddy. Bye, guys. All right, that's going to do it for us. Big show on later on today. We're going to talk Oregon State. We've got Max Olson. I'm leaving somebody else out who's a – we got Softy today talking Washington. Dave Softy Mahler, one of the great radio hosts in this country out of Seattle. He is so damn good, and he's so damn funny. Um, Pierre, if you're ever in Seattle, just tune in to, or just tune on Dave Softy Mahler. I've heard him on radio here in Minnesota talking with our Minnesota guys one time. He's terrific. He's awesome. Yeah, love Softy. Love Softy. That's coming up this afternoon on 365 Sports. Have a great weekend, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private